This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. This is Double Tap Canada from AMI-audio, the place where blind people talk tech. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. It is I, Stephen Scott, back with you here. I'm back in the UK. Yes, hello uh, from my little UK studio. Uh, Sean Priest is in his shed as always. Hello, Sean. Hello, Stephen. You okay? You finally come back, have you? You've seen fit to come back to me. Well, I didn't come back to you. Well, uh, I think you find you are here with me now, so you did well, come not. back to me. Well, I'm in the same country as you. It's hardly <laughs> the same thing. I'm in. I'm about 300 miles from you right now, so it makes no sense what you're talking about, Priest. Look, the point is that you've both been away, living it up on vacation while I've been here, in this shed, keeping the show running. I'm just a bit jealous, that's all. Well, look, I tell you, the one who's probably you should be most jealous of... Is a man called Tim Schwartz. Hello, Tim Schwartz. Hello, Stephen Scott. Hello, Sean Priest. Yes, um, you should be jealous. No. Um, actually, no, I think we Stephen, are. you would have been closer to me than Sean, except, yeah, I was about 2,000 miles away from my home on yet another Carnival Cruise. And, oh, yeah. I didn't want to come back. It was so great. This, all the food and the buffets and the room service. Did I mention the food? All um, right, that's enough. Oh, it makes you <laughs> sick. I bet you're all bronzed and gorgeous looking as well. No, I barely went outside. Did I mention the buffet? <laughs> What's he going outside for? Say, there's plenty to do inside. Comedy shows and musical yeah. shows and um, uh, food and uh, food. I think you enjoyed your cruise because I know yes. that it started off, we were getting WhatsApp messages from Tim throughout the course of the week. And it was, uh, it started off, you know, hey guys, how are you doing? And then the second one was kind of, hey guys. And the third one was... So, you know, we kind of got the impression you were having a good time at that buffet. What I'm trying to remember is, did I make it to a third one? I think there was a point where I just was just so distracted. I don't even know if there was a third message. Yeah, yeah I don't think you even made the third one, really. I, um, I didn't forget you, though. I, I didn't forget where I came from. I didn't forget you guys. Oh, presents. Uh, no. No, I, I, I uh, came back with nothing either. Okay. Your um, present is I'm, I'm back. Yes, exactly. The present is that we're here. We're here. All of us are here, back together. <sighs> Did you keep the receipt? I can take it back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway, it's a tech show. Honestly, yeah. Uh, we've got quite a lot to get through this week. We'll be discussing the uh, rather interesting issue of navigational apps. Uh, and I'm kind of coming at this from my holiday perspective because I was trying out a few different ones. And, uh, you know, Sean never leaves a shed, but I think you Correct. should. And, and I'm going to tell you some apps that you should probably consider using um they're apps that detect shrubs and fences in in the middle of fields and things i think that's what we need yes i think we need that don't we well sean um, does yeah clearly uh, well maybe <laughs> actually one particular app might help in some way mm-hmm. um maybe not with hedges Ooh, teaser what a teaser cliffhanger i liked it okay oh yeah yeah that's that's us yeah we're, we're good at that <laughs> and some people would like to see me hanging off the end of a cliff um but yes we're going to get into that also uh we're going to be talking about domino's pizza <laughs> speaking of food uh we're going to be talking about uh, domino's pizza because boo to domino's uh yes we've had a bit of a bad time with them as blind people we're going to be talking about that and uh, a recent court decision that says that uh, at least in america and this will reverberate around the world uh, that uh, websites must be made accessible. So actually, good news story, uh, something that was quite a bad story, really. Uh, also going to talk about some image description features been added into Google um, and why Apple's event will not be happening in October. Mm. 
We have inside knowledge on this. Breaking news, we have knowledge. Inside or outside. Well, somebody has knowledge on it, and we are <laughs> claiming it as ours, essentially. Uh, so that's coming up, and uh, we're talking about the Orbit Reader as well as a new update. Uh, I want to talk about, about that and what that means. So uh, all that coming up on Double Tap this week. Now, look, uh, let's get into the navigational apps, because, yes, uh, we were away. Now, Tim, I don't think you would have any issues navigating around a cruise ship, or at least any that would cause you may- much concern or the need for an app, I don't think. My own experience of cruises certainly tells me that. Yeah, not on a cruise ship now per se. There is talk about them adding things like beacons, like the Apple beacons, to cruise ships mm. and uh, being able to use an app with that so you can navigate around the cruise ship using those beacons. However, if you if you have somebody with you, of course, they can help you navigate. But at least with Carnival, they do offer the availability of a cruise crew member to come to your cabin or come get you and and take you to where you need to go. So as a blind and visually impaired person, if you do need assistance, they do have people available to help navigate you around. So that is very beneficial. But yeah, as far as an app goes, not really yet. Well, I want to talk about a couple of them. Uh, Two I tried out when I was uh, over in Canada because uh, I wanted to you know, get around and, and sort of get to know my, my surroundings. And that was the thing. It wasn't really about navigation at this point. It was more about knowing where I was, what was going on. So I tried out Microsoft Soundscape. Now, you might think, well, so what, Stephen, right? It's been around for ages. I mean, come on. But the reality is I haven't really used it that often. Um, it's one of those apps that I, I kind of always wanted to try out. I wanted to experience, but I just never did. Um, and, and I tried it at the very beginning, and I thought it was okay. Um, the, the, it does this thing, so if you haven't tried it, what it does is you have to wear stereo headphones or earphones, uh, ideally something like the earpods, or the earpods, I should say, because they give you a little bit of environmental awareness as well. You know, so you can know that you're walking past a bank, but then you walk straight into the path of the number 43 bus, which is not ideal. Um, no. So... For that reason, it is uh, you know it was an interesting app, but it does it does give you uh, some audible feedback right off the bat, and then what happens is it kind of makes you spatially aware of what's around you. So if you are passing a bank on your left, out of your left ear, you'll hear bank and whatever the bank is called, Royal Bank of Canada or whatever it is, and um, if you do that, if you walk past. You uh, you hear it on the left, and then if you walk past another store that's on the right hand side across the street, um you'll hear that store coming out of your right ear. So it's kind of telling you where things are from their position. And um, I thought it was okay at the beginning, but obviously a lot's changed in the last few years since I tried it out. Um, and uh, some of the, the updates certainly were pretty impressive. So, for example, um, okay, so first off, it's only recently been launched in Canada. That's important to say. So you, you yeah. wouldn't have had it as long. But... Um, some of the updates I think are well worth waiting for. The new tutorial at the beginning is brilliant because what it does is it asks you to to put in a beacon, a location uh, where you can uh, find, right? So I uh, put in Accessible Media Inc., uh, the building uh, in Toronto, and uh, I wanted to find – I'd managed to walk to a coffee shop and buy lots of coffee and Huge amounts of donuts as well. Of course you uh, Because did. that's what you do. Yeah, well, that's what you do, isn't it? You didn't need so, an app for that. I didn't need an app for that. I was fine with that. <laughs> no. But but I did find the coffee shop by walking past it, and it said Starbucks in my right ear. And I thought, oh, there we go. That's the coffee shop. So uh, in I went. Uh, yes, I know it should have been Tim Hortons, but, you know, let's move on. And um, so I'd gone into Starbucks, got the coffee, came back out, and then I put my beacon on, which said 
uh, Accessible Media Inc., right? So it gave me the tutorial, and it will continue to give you the tutorial until you say, stop giving me tutorials, please, which I think is quite good because if you haven't used the app for a while, it's quite important to kind of get familiar with it again. So with both earphones in, it begins to talk you through how it will give you the information, what the noises mean, uh, what kind of things you should be aware of. For example, it will give you information on where something is, but it is not going to navigate you to it per se. You're not going to be told to walk down a street or you know, head in a certain direction and then turn left after a certain number of metres. It's just going to give you an audible depiction of the world where everything is. So, for example the way the positioning of the sound was giving, it was kind of telling me that AMI was about 10 o'clock in front of me. Yeah. So I was kind of thinking, right, I need to head along the street. So it suggests you use your orientation and mobility skills. I think for someone who's got some remaining vision left, this is actually an amazing thing because if you've got just a little bit of vision left that you can use to navigate around um, and at least know what's around you, I think this is amazing. So yeah, it managed to navigate me back to the office no issues at all. And I was lost at that point. I deliberately lost myself. I'd kind of gone down streets and up down here, there and everywhere to deliberately lose my place so that I wouldn't be able to find my way back. And um, just just by using Soundscape, I was able to find my way back to the office. And I loved the level of detail it gave me. It told me I was walking past car parks. It was telling me the intersections I was coming up to, what the street was going ahead of me, what the street was across me. Um even told me where recycle bins were, Wow! Uh, where washrooms were. Huge range of information coming from this app. And although it was verbose, although it was telling you what was going on, um, it wasn't annoying. Uh, it wasn't irritating. It wasn't constantly barking in directions at me that I didn't understand. You know, due east yeah. <laughs> will be the street. And like, I don't even know what that means. So ultimately... What I'm saying is try out Microsoft Soundscape. What's brilliant is it's free. It's on iPhone, uh, coming to Android, and uh, you should try it. It is brilliant. It is coming to Android, is it? Yes, it is. Yes, it Ooh, is. It's not been, when, it's not been developed yet. Uh, or Well, it's, it's in development at the moment, according to Microsoft, but it's not there yet. Ooh, that would be cool. I can't wait. I'd love to try it on Android because when I did try Soundscape, it was really, really useful. And I think you're right to make that distinction between this app and turn-by-turn GPS apps, which are totally different. I think this is more of an orientation um, app, but I find it really useful when I move to my new area, um, just walking around the streets, you know, trying to figure out where things were and where I was. Um, It was really useful because I would walk down the street and it would tell me the name of the street I was on, the name of the street that was coming up. And then when I did turn a corner, and onto a new street, it would actually announce straight away that street name, which on other GPS apps I find that I've got to work, I've got to walk halfway down the street before it would tell me where I was, which is annoying. Um, so I found Soundscape to be really responsive. Um, when it comes down to the data, you mentioned the washrooms and recycle bins and the amount of information it was giving you. That really is dependent on where you are you know in a city like toronto then probably it's really well um mapped whereas somewhere out in the sticks maybe you might find you've got less information but still i did find it incredibly useful it's definitely one of those apps you need in your toolbox you know one of those essentials yeah i agree with that when i first used soundscape 
way back when it first came out, I was kind of like you, Stephen. It was like, yeah, it's okay. It's all right. But over time, the updates have really been good. I had re-downloaded it very recently. And anything that I can have waypoints, anything that can give me that spatial awareness, especially the way that Soundscape does. I mean, Blind Square and Apple Maps and Google Maps, and we'll talk about those, but they have the turn-by-turn and, and where things are. But the way that Soundscape really gives that spatial awareness to say, okay, sound-wise, it's over this direction. It's not 3 o'clock or, as you said, Stephen, due east or whatever it might be. It, it really, <laughs> yeah, I hate that. Head west on so and so street. Well, which way's west? I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, it, it's a it's a really nice way to do things. I've used it to actually just go a few houses down our street to my daughter's bus stop, so I can get there safely uh, and back to our house. Of course, I can follow the the side of the road. There are no sidewalks on our street, but I can still follow the side of the road. You know, as as far as orientation and mobility goes, but knowing where to go or where to stop or or what have you for the bus stop. It's using something like this that gives me that spatial awareness and using a waypoint is very, very helpful. So, yeah, I, I've come back to Soundscape where I had avoided it for a long time. I didn't really have it in my toolbox per se. And, yeah, I, I'm kind of liking it again. Well, I'm interested in this Apple Maps turn by turn because uh, I was reading this week that Google have announced some uh, big new features into in particular the U.S. And I know, Tim, obviously that's where you are. So I am a bit intrigued by this, how this works, because, you know, Google have announced this, uh, I think it is turn by turn, but it's also, uh, you know, sort of awareness of where things are, sort of counting down to when you would sort of walk towards an intersection and turn, all that stuff. Um, but it, it, doesn't Apple Maps already have this? Yeah, I think Apple Maps has this to a certain extent. Sean can probably speak on the Google Maps side of it better than I can. But with Apple Maps, I don't know that you really get like a counting down or a warning of here it comes. I mean, you do get told here's what the next intersection is uh, or the cross street is. You get that information. If you have an Apple Watch, you do get vibrating alerts or the haptic feedback alerts to tell you if you need to turn left or turn right. And that's very, very helpful once you've you know learned what those haptic feedbacks feel like on your wrist. So yeah, Apple Maps does have some of this but from what i understand google maps is kind of taking this to the next level with a little bit more feedback right sean well i don't even think it's down to the amount of detail that an app gives you because the least you can expect from any gps app is to tell you what street you're on and how far it is to the next turning you know 100 feet turn left um that's the least information you can expect from an app yeah. but when it comes to this new detailed voice guidance feature that google maps has introduced it seems to me like it's more about how that information is presented. It is almost like going back to our previous point of head west or due east or three o'clock. You know, it will present the information to you in a more conversational way, an easy to understand manner. And also the extra detail that you will get in this is something like this is a large road. So take care when crossing it. And that sort of information is important. You know, regular updates, because there's nothing worse than walking down the street and waiting for your GPS to announce something and it stays silent. So regular updates in an easy to understand way and that little bit of extra information that's important to us as visually impaired people, that makes all the difference. Yeah, and if you're going to make something more verbose, I don't mind 
the idea of it saying, you know, this is a narrow road or it's a wider road. So you're going to, you know, basically giving you the information that you're going to need to walk across that, you know, a longer period than maybe what you expect. So yeah, a lot of times more verbosity can be so annoying, but in a case like that, that's helpful information. So I don't really mind that. Well, I did try the whole, you know, Apple maps plus soundscape plus voiceover thing. That's a bit of a nightmare. I mean, I know people do it. I know they do. And I know some people, what they do is they turn voiceover off. You know, they do the three-finger double tap, and then it will kill voiceover or silence voiceover until you want it back on, um, which is fine. But I I don't know. It was an awful lot of information being passed on to me. I, what I like is the – with Soundscape, I like that environmental approach. And one thing I, I managed to try when I was out in Canada – was uh, we'd gone along to um, Microsoft's headquarters in Toronto to to meet them. And we're, you'll see all of this in a future episode of Double Tap TV with myself and Marco Flalo. But what, one thing you'll see there is me trying on the Bose AR frames using Soundscape. Woo-hoo! But using yeah. Soundscape, right? And that mm-hmm. was really interesting uh, oh, yeah. to see how that works together. Uh, I'll be honest, at the airport, I was staring at a pair of Bose AR frames thinking... Hmm, I think I might just get these because this is going to be brilliant. <laughs> I didn't, but you know, I probably will. Aww, I'm kind of, well, do you know what? I'm, I'm actually holding on. I think there's going to be another version of those coming out. I have a feeling. I agree. It's not far away, so I'm maybe holding on for something new. Yeah, if you haven't gotten into them yet, that's my suggestion to mm. everybody is wait for version two, possibly Apple Glasses. But, oh, well, uh, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, as far as the bows, I would wait. Yep. And actually, that's the key point, isn't it? If Apple bring out the glasses, well, that's it. It's all... All bets yeah, are all off. Good. Yeah. Um, okay, now, I, I just want to also mention, you know, it's all, very, it's all very well when you're out and about walking, but if you get on public transport, um, what is really interesting is you get on public transport, say you want to know when to get off a bus, for example. Maybe easier on a train, because most trains have announcements. But when you're on a bus, if the bus itself doesn't have announcements, how do you know when to get off? Well, there is an app called Lazarillo, or Lazarillo, well, oh, that was beautiful. Yes. Wasn't it beautiful? Didn't you feel like you were in, I don't know, wherever that was? Wherever that was, I was right there. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Lazarillo, uh, I'm going to stop doing that now. Uh, it's a really uh, nice app. Again, not too verbose. I think you referred to it before we came on as Blind Square Light, which I think yeah, is Yeah, I think fair. so. It, that's not to put it down at all. No, not at all. But no. I think Blind Square is very mature and a very good app. Uh, and this but is it very does good. bark a lot at you. Well, it, it just gives you so many features. It can be a little bit overwhelming. Um, and, and this one just has a little uh, less features, maybe, but I find it incredibly useful still. Yeah, it's one of the first things I tell people if they want to get Blind Square is go into the settings and decide what you want it to say. Do you really need it to say every category of every type of thing? Do you need to know every government building and every restaurant and every this and every that? You can make those adjustments in the settings of Blind Square and it can help. Plus, as you were talking about before, Stephen, about muting voiceover, sometimes with something like a Blind Square or even Lazarillo, you you don't necessarily need voiceover running with these self-voicing type of navigation apps. But yeah, I I agree with Sean with Lazarillo. It is kind of a Blind Square light and that isn't to uh, talk them down in any way. I, I downloaded it recently, and it's a very simple interface. There's not a whole lot really to it. I mean, it's very similar to Blind Square, but but just very simplified, and it, it gets the job done really. 
Well, I was quite impressed. I mean, I got on the bus, and actually what was impressive was it was telling me when to get off the bus, and then when I got off the bus, it continued giving me information about my surroundings. It told me, for example, that the subway station I was trying to get to was 40 metres ahead of me straight on. And I liked that because that was exactly the question that was on my mind when I came off the bus. Where is the subway (laughs) station? Because it's always, I know I've said this before, but it's the last 10 yards problem, isn't it? it? You know, an app will take you to a building, but where's the door? Um, I mean, I've done this so many times. I remember going to a meeting in London, and I, I spent 15 minutes outside the building trying to find the way in. And actually trying to find – it was like the street. You arrived in a street, and it was just a row of buildings, and the app just said, arrived. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. Well, now we've what? all been there. We've all been there. Yeah. So it's like, well, now what yeah, probably do Probably 30 yards away, but I've arrived. Sure. <laughs> and the thing was, when, when someone came to get me in the end, I was I, I would never have found the entrance to this building. There's no way I'd have found it. It was just sort of tucked around a corner somewhere, and there was nothing obvious that I could even see to to find my way to what I was looking for. So it was just nonsense, you know. So I, I think apps like this are really good. And, you know, they really do give you I, – I was thinking about this from a privacy, well, maybe it's more security point of view. When you're moving around – having the knowledge of where things are really makes a big difference. Because when you're aware of your surroundings, if you know what shops are there, if you know what's going on, you can walk around with more purpose rather than just sort of marching down a street wondering what on earth is going on. And then you end up back up the street again. I've done this so many times, and I don't know why back here at home I haven't used these apps more. Because the amount of times I walk down a street... And I think, hang on, this isn't right. I've got to walk back up the street again. And yeah. you, you've already walked past the dodgy guys once. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got to walk past them again and hope that this time they're not going to think, ah, oh, so he's lost. Excellent. We'll follow him and, and get him. Whereas you can just, I was marching around. I was buying coffee. I was going back to the office, back and forward, looking and going to shops. And I was able to do all this without any uh, any support at all. And um, I thought that was really good. It was quite empowering, actually, in all ways. So I will be using it more. But I think... You really do need some kind of headset, I think. Something like the Bose AR frames, the Aftershocks, well, maybe less so. I, I've, I've often had issues with the Aftershocks just because my head is too big. Um, <laughs> We've got worse. We've got- <laughs> yes, but bone conduction <laughs> headphones are, are, are generally good anyway. It's, it's all about not shutting out that environmental noise, isn't it? Well, that's what yes. I really like about the Bose AR frames is my ears are still open. Yeah, same thing right, with, same. well, I was going to say the same thing with bone conduction, <laughs> though. Anything that can keep your ears open to your surroundings, but you still can get that audio feedback. And again, back to soundscape, you know, that spatial awareness so that you know where something is in relation to you. I've had people say, well, if you don't know where the door of something is, just drop a waypoint. Yeah, but I got to get there the first time to begin yeah. with to do that. So uh, once yeah, but the GPS isn't accurate enough. Yeah, for that GPS is. You got GPS drift. Exactly. So between GPS drift and GPS is getting much, much better. The maps and all these different applications are getting much, much better. And once I've been to a place the first time where I can drop a waypoint, that's great. Although it does seem to shift maybe three to five feet sometimes from the first time I said it. But when we get this kind of feedback, this does make it easier. I remember back in the days, you know, not even probably five or 10 years ago when I would take public transport and be on a bus and I would tell the driver I need to be, you know, off the bus at this stop. And I'd sit right behind him and they would even have announcements and I would pull the the cord and say, I need off. And they'd just keep on trucking right past my stop and be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot that you needed off there. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. thanks. Well, you were on a truck. That's why you weren't on a bus. <laughs> not true. <laughs> 
Uh, they just mind. didn't like you. Yeah, that's it. They just didn't <laughs> like me. But no, but now with, with something like a Lazarillo or even Soundscape or even Blind Square, it's a lot easier for me to realize, okay, this is what's around me and you know this is where I'm at. And really now the answer to some of the question is something like, be my eyes or Ira where, okay, we've gotten so far with the navigation app that last 10 yards, as you talked about, Stephen, something like a be my eyes or, or an Ira could be that answer perhaps where we can say, okay, exactly. we know we're yeah. close. Let's hold the phone up or use the glasses and, and have somebody help us get that last few steps or you know few yards. And, you know, in a case like blind square, I thought this was going to be even more integrated, but I know recently they added Ira as an option within the Blind Square app. All it does is you go into the tools section, tap on Ira, and then it launches the Ira app, which is helpful, I guess. And with mm. their five-minute free mm. option, you can get up the five minutes for free. And so if you are that last 10 yards, contact Ira and say, okay, I know it's here somewhere. Help me find it, you know? Yeah, and that's that's the bit that's that's the final step, isn't it? literally the final step in the whole I think thing. so at this point it is yeah yeah and if you can get that that is brilliant it's just getting that support and again in the UK we don't really have much of that at the moment because it hasn't officially launched in the UK yet which is still ridiculous come on guys uh, but you know I mean for example at Toronto Pearson Airport where I was when I, where I landed and then came away from they had free IRA access at that place at the CNIB offices the, you get free IRA access there as well uh, so you don't need to use your minutes there, which is really good. Yeah, those partnerships are so nice. Yeah, brilliant. So, and, and as for the apps we've mentioned, I mean, we should say that the Google features we're talking about, we're not going into in, in too much detail purely because of the fact they're not in Canada yet. Uh, they're not even in the UK yet. They're only in the USA and Japan, bizarrely. Yep. Uh, but we're they will be testing. coming. You're welcome. Yes, as usual. Thank you. <laughs> yes. But yes, uh, we are we are waiting to see when, when these features will roll out to the rest of the, the world. I mean, we imagine it will be too long, but I guess there's a lot of mapping goes on to make this work so you know they go as fast as they can i guess so that's coming uh, into the google maps app so if you've already got that you'll get the updates when they come uh, lazarillo is a free app i think i'm saying that right it is it yeah, is free, it's yep. free last time i checked anyway and it's available on android and ios and microsoft soundscape currently on iphone coming soon to android free from uh, microsoft soundscape and look can i just make a quick just just a, a slight aside here Away from navigation for a second, I did use Seeing AI again uh, for, again, one of these apps I have and I rarely use, and I don't know why. I'm sitting on the plane, and I, I, everyone's talking about the duty-free, right? And I'm thinking, I can get stuff for less cheap, you know, cheaper price in, in this on this plane. And I'm thinking, I'd love to get into this. And I was going to ask the lady next to me if she could just read through the magazine, but it seemed quite a big magazine, and I thought, that's not very fair. So here I am with the iPhone in airplane mode, uh, obviously, and I get the Seeing AI app open, and I'm able to read the duty-free magazine. I'm able to see even even the bottles of perfume, it was reading the information on those. Wow. It was actually, do you know what? It was bloody impressive. I was so yeah. impressed by it. Exactly. And, and I still and, didn't get a present. And honestly. you still get nothing. <laughs> well, do you know the thing was, right? They said to me, oh, we only take credit cards. And I'm like, I don't carry credit cards. Am I the queen? So, you know, that didn't happen. <laughs> anyway, prepared. look, stick around because lots more to talk about. Uh, we're going to be getting into the Domino's Supreme Court case. Uh, did that leave a bad taste in your mouth? And also, why, oh. uh, see that. why is oh, no. uh, Apple's event not happening this month? That's all coming up. Hey, Double Tappers, get in touch with the show by emailing feedback at ami.ca. 
or on Twitter at Double Tap Canada. This is Double Tap Canada from AMI-audio. And now we're back with the Double Tap Canada team for more news on the latest tech from an accessibility point of view. Join in the fun with Double Tap by emailing your comments to feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at Double Tap Canada. Hey, welcome back. It is Double Tap Canada. It is Stephen Scott along with uh, Sean Priest and Tim Schwartz from Life After Blindness as always. Good to have you guys here. And uh, yeah, we're back into discussion on the week's news. Just before we do, I think the biggest breaking news story of all this week is I've taken my iPhone 8 back, guys. Unbelievable. Oh, I just can't keep up with you. What? Why? What uh, now? Well... I don't know. I, I think I'm just I'm just odd, right? I think it's just as simple as that. I'm now Who's rocking. Breaking news. Well, it is. Well, <laughs> I think Apple would like to break something over my head. Probably. Uh, yeah, because it's like how many phones? So I've had. So let's just run through the roster here. I've had the iPhone 11 Pro Max. I didn't like that. To that back, got the iPhone 11. I uh, didn't like that. That didn't work very well at all. Although I think it was more the phone, uh, the actual phone, rather than the than anything else. Mm. I get a few issues with it. Um, then I got the 8 um, I actually ended up with two iPhone 8s because I ordered one, it didn't arrive in time for me going away so I had to go back into the Apple Store, buy one and then take that one back that's so, an iPhone 16 yep. so yeah. iPhone 16, yeah, it's been taken <laughs> back uh, so that's gone uh, so then I took the iPhone 8 back and I replaced it with an iPhone 11 Pro whoa, because, whoa, 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 whoa. hang on Wait, what? you went back to the iPhone 11 anyway I went back. No, I went back to the iPhone 11 Pro. It's all the, the one same. I didn't have. Yeah, it doesn't make any difference. They're all the same. If it's, it's an iPhone 11, <laughs> why? 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 Okay. Just why, well, Tim? I shall explain. Um, uh, you expect me to have an answer to this, Sean? I, I'm still stuck in the fact that he, before all this, traded in his 10x Max, whatever that one was. No, no, that yeah, was that was a 10s. That went to my wife. She's got. Oh, that. that's right. That went to your uh, wife. That's, that's right. Okay. That's fair. And oh, it's so we'll, funny. We'll let that pass, I guess. Well, I said to my wife, she said, you know, you're more than welcome to have this phone back. She said, but you will have to buy me a new one. I'm like, no, nah, I don't like that idea. <laughs> really don't like that idea. So, uh, no, I said, no, you keep the 10s. I said, first of all, you know, it's, it's a 10s. It's like 100 years old now. Who wants that? Um, as I so, sit here with my 6S, yes. Right, my heart 6S, my 7. You know, I, I was yeah. talking to someone today, actually. I was talking to someone who's got an iPhone 6S she got on contract a month ago. A 6S wow. on contract I, a month ago. I hope she paid virtually nothing for it. Well, she will have paid nothing for it. It is t- terrible. What a oh, waste of time. That's not good. Yeah, is that like a dollar a month for two <laughs> years or something? What, what, yeah, how must much be. does that even cost? Well, it's not even worth that. I hope you told her to take it back. I did. I said, take it back <laughs> and demand something better immediately. I said, I'm on an iPhone 11 Pro here. This sold week. her your iPhone 8. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad idea, actually. Um, so anyway, yeah, so I decided to go for this because, truth be told, the camera in the iPhone 8 isn't great, from my point of view. Uh, and obviously, doing the TV stuff now, I do, I do want a decent camera. And I kind of thought the iPhone 8 camera would be okay. But um, Which I wasn't overly impressed by it. Not for not for, not for for my television stuff, love. <laughs> oh, I see. Um, it's not 4K enough. It's not 4K enough. Oh, I think it is 4K, actually. But uh, it's not decent. It's not. It's not I, di- I didn't like it. Um, there was absolutely uh, nothing really wrong with it. I did find it a bit slow. In places, but I don't know if that's an iOS problem. We have got a few iOS issues we're going to talk about. 
So I think the software, and, and you know the weirdest thing, because I had been now using the 10s for about a year, I was so used to the swiping up from the bottom that I've kind of got stuck in this rut. So I kept swiping up, and then things were popping up that shouldn't pop up and then weren't working properly. I thought, you know what? I think I've just built myself into this world where I'm going to have to get used to it. And there we are. So now I've got the iPhone 11, and I, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Are you happy now? Well, yeah. This week. Oh, how are you still no, married? Not. Unbelievable. Yeah, you would drive <laughs> me crazy. How does Marie put up with you? It's, wow. just, it's a good job that divorces are so expensive, isn't it? Because, uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, it is. What I mean by that is my wife would have divorced me a long time ago. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, I've got that. Uh, I did buy a, a MacBook when I was out. I was talking about this last week, actually, but I did buy myself my MacBook when I was out in Canada. That was great. Yeah. Do you um, remember, Tim, when he said he's going to go Windows all the way? <laughs> I, I do recall yes. this, yes. that he was going to go Windows all the way, voiceover on the Mac was, was well, I can't repeat what he said to us in private, but um, but, <laughs> but on the show, he was saying that it wasn't any good. And, uh, and then, yeah, I go away on vacation, I hear a couple of WhatsApp messages about going to the Apple store, which I expected, and buying a new MacBook. Really? Yeah. I know. I am. I think you, you have to just go. I think whatever I say, go for the opposite of it because that tends to be how it works. Uh, oh, I've learned that over yeah, the years. We won't go into that just due to go with the you know, legal agreements and things. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, I've learned. Don't don't take it at face value. Don't from, take from anything either. I say as face value. Um, but no. no, it was it was really really uh, just too much not to. Too good not to go for. Uh, so I was quite happy with that. But um, yeah, anyway, that's my purchases. Uh, now, look, before we, before we move on, um, just a quick reminder, you can get in touch with the show anytime. We are going to get to some of your feedback as well. We've had voicemails in and we've had emails in from you. So we want to get to those. Uh, feedback at ami.ca. Tim, if people want to call in and leave a voicemail, how do they do that? Thank goodness I remember this after being away. It is 1-866-509-4545. And Sean, if people want to get in touch on Twitter as well, we can ask questions that way as well. Um, you can email feedback at ami.ca. You didn't oh. pay attention to him, Sean. No, no, he didn't. He didn't really pay attention. No, to the question, which is did he? Not no, I know. Out of what the ordinary. No, sorry, it's, I tune out as soon as I hear Stephen's voice. I wasn't listening. What, <laughs> what did you say? I do believe he asked you to tell the the good people our Twitter handle and and the hashtag they could use to ask us questions. All oh, right. Um, I don't know. Sorry. Brilliant. Thanks for that, Sean. Uh, so we're at Double Tap Canada. Wow. And you can hashtag Ask Double Tap if you've got any questions for us. Sean's last show this week. I didn't realize uh, yeah, it was that's this it. Soon. I remember now. Let me just write that down. Yeah, yeah. Keep a note of that, will you? Um, okay. Let's talk about Domino's uh, because Domino's Pizza were in the news. I'm going to try and simplify the story as much as I can. It's quite a complicated story in some ways. Um, at least that's what it became. Uh, essentially, the, this all led back to one blind guy called uh, Guillermo, Guillermo Robles. Well done. I, hope I pronounced that right. Guillermo uh, Robles. Oh, oh, there we, oh very good, well yes. Done. I had to practice yeah. it for when I did uh, my report on Life After Blindness. <laughs> I was like, okay, how do I say this? I needed to make sure. Well, see, you practiced it, and I just went for it. Yeah, well. uh, so, yeah, Domino's Pizza, uh, he tried to get on the website and tried to order it. Well, he managed to order the pizza, but he was trying to order, get the, the toppings ordered, you know, and, and decide what was going to be on the pizza. Because, you know, that's, that is quite important if you're buying a pizza. You it know, is, what's actually bit. on the thing. Um, <laughs> you're blind, so, you get what you're given. Yeah, well, that's what it felt like. You know, it was like he was going to get his base, and that was probably <laughs> it, uh, because he couldn't add the, the toppings. So... 
he got a bit annoyed about this. He contacted Domino's. They kind of said, tough luck, really, or call in if you want, or come to the store. And he wasn't really keen on this, so he contacted uh, Domino's. They weren't interested as far as he was concerned, so he took the company to court. Now, the court ruled in favour of him in that you know Domino's uh, should make changes to their website. However, Domino's appealed that decision, took it all the way to the Supreme Court. Before getting there, uh, even the appeals court said, yes, you you should do this with your app and your website. And and yeah, then they said, okay, well, we'll have the Supreme Court look at it. Yeah, that's right. And then the Supreme Court said, well, nothing really. They just denied the appeal, which essentially meant that the previous ruling had to stand. Exactly. So uh, we're in a position now where Domino's were kind of forced to do this. Um. And I'll be honest, it's pretty disgraceful, don't don't you think? Yes. I think it's really disgraceful because it wasn't even just a matter of toppings. If it was that simple, yeah, I guess the argument could be made that you could just call your local Domino's the old-fashioned way and, and say, okay, I want a pizza with this on it. But the problem really became where there were other services that were app-specific or website-specific that can't be used by someone who's blind or visually impaired. A screen reader could not access it. There were special online coupons, for example, that you can only get when using the website or the app. And if you call in, they won't honor those coupons. So you're not getting the same level of service as someone who's sighted is. So uh, when it comes to selections of the menu or nutrition facts or coupons, you know, a lot of other features that they offer that other people that that can see can access. Yeah, blind and visually impaired people were not able to get that same level of access. And in some respects, I get it. The Americans with Disabilities Act uh, from the 90s doesn't specifically reference websites because it really was in its infancy at that time. However, there have been so many court rulings and appeal court rulings since then that say, you know what? Websites and apps are an extension of your brick and mortar location. If you're offering a similar service on your website or your app as you do in your physical location, then it's an extension of it. It's the same thing, just in a digital format, and it should be as accessible as your actual physical location is. And Domino's said, no, we're not going to have it. Now, if Domino's had come out in the beginning in this and said, well, we're going to take this to the courts and, and take it all the way to the Supreme Court because we're doing this for the good of the blind and visually impaired community. We want there to be a Supreme Court decision to help blind people. It still would have been a little bit of a ridiculous way to handle it, but okay. But that's not at all their position. They they want to get out of this. They don't want to have to spend the money for accessibility. They've been very clear about that. They have offered now a 24-hour hotline for blind people to call if they have questions, but that's really just for questions. Um, so you're still just calling somebody. But Why can't I use the website? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Why can't I just use the website like everybody else or use the app like anybody else? You know, we have apps over here in the United States. I know you guys have some of these and similar ones like DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub. Those are all accessible food delivery apps that I can access th- uh, several other pizza places as well as other restaurants. Those are accessible. It, it really isn't impossible for Domino's to do this. And quite honestly, the money that they've spent on attorney fees and court costs and fighting this the way they did, they probably would have spent a fraction of that just updating everything to be accessible. Absolutely. Oh, hang on. I can explode now. It's a disgrace. An absolute <laughs> disgusting display from Domino's there. Look, we have talked about this previously uh, before this decision by the Supreme Court to reject to hear the appeal. Um, and this actual decision was made a couple of weeks ago. We were going to talk about it then. But um, 
I think we're all just so relieved how this went because if it did go the other way, this could have had terrible implica- uh, implications, <laughs> implications, <laughs> implications for you know. Love that Scottish guy. <laughs> exactly <laughs> for. Uh, all online services. This could have been terrible yeah, for us. And you know, the fact that we got this decision is amazing. But it doesn't take away from the fact that Domino's decided to go down this route. And I was quite surprised to see that it wasn't just Domino's. They were backed by other organisations as well. Um, so other business-orientated uh, organisations actually backed Domino's decision to take this further. And again, I'm disgusted by this because the whole point is that it shows a complete ignorance or even arrogance to accessibility. And actually, it doesn't take that much work to make your online services accessible. It just takes a little bit of thought. Of course, there is some money involved in you know extra coding, but to be honest, it's not a huge deal to do. And to decide not to go down that route and to rather just fight against it is absolutely disgusting. And I will not buy another Domino's. And for me to say that, no. that's a big deal. That's that's pretty big deal. I mean, that is a big deal. <laughs> that's difficult. Uh, well, look, I mean, obviously, you can give your views on this as well. Feedback at ami.ca. Leave us a voicemail. We'll give you that phone number again at the end. Uh, and when you do leave a voicemail, let us know it's okay for us to use it on air. Uh, because I, I can imagine lots of you will have a view on this. And... Um, a view on the company, but, you know, they're not alone. And they're certainly not the only company that have uh, issues with their website, for sure. Uh, but uh, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear them. Uh, let's talk about Apple. They are uh, due, well, normally we'd see an event maybe end of October time, but we're not going to see that. Um, it's Apple yeah. doing a bit of a Brexit here. Don't say that probably- yet, because th- we might suddenly get a... You know, an invite come nah, through. It's not the end of October yet. It's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen at all. I think there's a likelihood uh, that an event might happen in uh, November. That's something what Marco Flallow writes about on DoubleTap.online this week. Uh, he has, um, he has. I don't know if he's got inside information on this. He's not saying anything. Of course he has. He's got he contacts all over. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think he wears glasses. Um, oh, but, that was good. Uh, oh, well done. Well thank you, thank you. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, he's writing that he thinks it will be in November. And of course, this does tie in. Because Apple like to talk about success stories, don't they? So they'll be able to talk about the success. I mean, there's already rumours of 100 million subscribers to Apple TV+. Plus. If they get that, I mean, that's incredible. And I don't know if that's just the amount of iPhones I've purchased in the last <laughs> few weeks added yeah, that's up. just you by yourself, right? <laughs> I mean, the MacBook added in there. Yeah, so, you know, that's just at least six of them in there. Um, but I, I think it, I kind of go with this. I don't think there will be an Apple event. Uh, before the end of October. It probably will be in early November. I certainly think there will be something before the end of the year to announce possibly a new MacBook, no. uh, possibly uh, upgraded iPads for the holiday season. What do no. you guys think? Um, no? no. I think no. I think it's going to be more likely to be a spring event now. I, I just don't think Apple are going to do it before the holiday season because um, so when the Apple TV Plus does launch... I, I agree with you. They're, they want to talk about that and say how great it is, but I think they're just there isn't enough time between the actual launch, which is start of November, isn't it? November first, yeah. November first, yeah. So between that and actually getting some stats about actually how many people have joined and you know the, the new programming that's coming up, I think it's probably going to be next year now. Mm. I don't 
note mm. that I completely agree with that. I, I see your point and, and I get it, but there mm. could be something to be said for the week after the first, so that following Tuesday no. or Wednesday, mm-hmm. no. for them to have some kind of event almost a full week into Apple TV Plus for them to say, you know what? We're only a week in, but the number of downloads for these programs and the number of subscriptions already for these programs and for this service is already this and give themselves a big pat on the back. Give them a, a little extra time to promote Apple TV Plus if, if they didn't already spend way too much time in one of the previous <laughs> events. But that's mm-hmm. you know, another story. But uh, I could see that. And then perhaps having you know maybe the new MacBook or MacBook Pros and iPad uh, possibly in time for Christmas and then at the same time as they've done in the past with the the autumn events say oh and by the way come next spring here's a couple things we're working on and that hopefully crossing fingers would be the the se2 and the apple glasses but i don't know i I think that there are reasons that they could do this but at the same time sean maybe maybe they won't but i I think they want to they want that moment to pat themselves on the back for apple tv Tim, just say i'm wrong it's fine just say i'm wrong but I can't say you're wrong because there could be a valid point in there. No, I meant maybe. you're wrong. No, no, no. He's, he's <laughs> oh, wrong. no, 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 no. He's no. definitely wrong. Uh, one thing that's also rumored to come out at this event, if it does show up by the end of the year, are new AirPods. AirPods Pro. Oh, ridiculous. Mm. So, obviously, what that means is the price goes up considerably. <laughs> and for that, you'll get noise cancellation. So, we're talking here more in ear AirPods by the sounds of it. So that doesn't appeal to me too much. Um, I was interested in the Pixel Buds because they still had that environmental awareness and the, and they talked about the fact that it didn't go all the way into your ear. It gave you still some awareness of what was going on around you, which I quite like. Yeah. Uh, I hope Apple So I'm going to put my Stephen Scott <gasps> face on for a moment. Oof. Noise yes, cancellation. Really? Halloween, really? What an on. impressive, amazing innovation from Apple. Noise cancellation. Hurrah. Really? Come on. The Ooh, noise cancellation. Tim, this is uh, most unlike you. I like it. Oh, uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just frustrating. Noise cancellation. I've had in Bluetooth devices for years. Really, You're not gonna I'm going to have to spend again, are you? Uh, no, although I, I do have a new one for you that's even better. Oh, but um, mm, I know they're backed by Universal. Even better Studios, than the terrible so Smart Omis. Ah, that's good. Hey, I look what? forward to. My it. wife and I have good luck with Smart Omis. It's it's user error, I believe. Uh, but anyway, but <laughs> but no, I mean you're gonna have you know Apple's gonna have us pay fifty dollars or hundred dollars more for these pros because of noise cancellation. Yeah. Oh, Come on. I know. I, I know. It's ridiculous. Well, this is the problem, isn't it? I mean, it's, it, and it's going to be, what, $269 is the rumor? That's a lot of money to drop on these new lot. No, uh, no, no, that- no, 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 no. I mean, come on now. You, we don't know what new features it's going to get. There's talk about... Noise um, cancellation. Yeah, noise can Who cares about noise can- I've never used noise cancellation. Oh, I it's- have. I love noise cancellation. Oh, I do, and it, it yeah. works well when it works. I've yeah, got to tell nice. you, uh, you sit on a plane and you switch on noise cancellation. Oh, it's lovely. It's very quiet here in my shed. I don't need noise cancellation. Look, okay. there are there's talk about um, better battery life. There's talk about obviously improved sound quality, hmm. waterproofing, which could be quite nice. I don't know. Yeah, because how- I'm always using them when I'm swimming. Well, more about when it's raining there in Scotland, Stephen. How about that? It rains in Canada as well, you know. I know, because I, I saw it. It was terrible. <laughs> but that, there's also talk of health monitoring sensors in there, you know, some sort yeah. of, I don't know what that's going to be. But, 
yeah, look, we can't say they're charging all this extra money for just noise cancellation because that, that's not the case. We actually don't know what the new features are going to be yet. Well, we'll find out at the end of uh, November, won't we? Or spring next year, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but look, before we go, I just want to uh, catch up with uh, some of your comments. I know that you get in touch with us regularly through email and also through uh, the phone. You leave voicemails for us, which is very nice on AMI's line. So uh, let's go to the phones and uh, hear what you had to say. Hi, this is uh, Louis the Luddite with a question for the Double Tap team. You can call me Luddite for short. Um, my wife has a iPhone SE, I have a 6S Plus. We're both running 12.4 right now. They're, they do the job for us, but we're uh, hesitant to upgrade to iOS 13. We need your advice. Don't know if uh, it'll run right. We, in the past, we upgraded from iOS 7 to iOS 8, and uh, our machines didn't run after that. Um, so um, any advice you can give us? Also, if you can recommend a tower computer, um, tower PC Windows computer, because we have to replace Windows 7 in January, I understand. Thanks for your advice. We really appreciate it. Hey, Lou Dite. I love that name. <laughs> um, listen, uh, you're not alone. There's a lot of people probably asking that question as well. Uh, with the iPhone 6S, you should be okay. I mean, you'll know this better than anyone, Sean, because you've still got one. Yes. Uh, I know the SE is okay with it. It does work fine. Um, I mean, obviously, it's going to run a bit slower. And the only thing I would say with the ISE is the battery does run a lot hotter running iOS 13. So that's maybe Ooh. something to be aware of. Uh, but the 6S, uh, what do you think? No, well, I think actually they should run exactly the same because it's the same innards in both. And in fact, the SE has a... I hate when you use that word, innards. It, it, what, innards. What, what, what shall I say? What, what word? <laughs> I don't know. Insides. Innards. There's is no just, difference. I don't know, I think it's of, the same gubbings inside. Okay, look, it's running... Based, That's almost worse. <laughs> basically, the 6S <laughs> is uh, crammed inside a SE and it's got a smaller screen, so there's less pixels to throw about. So actually... It, can run a little bit faster. When it comes to iOS 13, um, from a performance point of view, I haven't noticed any difference between 12 and iOS 13, but I'm recommending that people actually don't upgrade yet because um, there are a few bugs in there that are quite annoying. And mm. uh, 13.2 will be out in the next week or two, I expect. That hopefully will fix some of those bugs. So unless there's a, a feature in iOS 13 that you really want to try out, I would say, no, don't update just yet. Just wait a little bit longer. Yeah, I probably have to agree with that. I am using 13.1.3 right now, even though most of the Internet is exploding over using 1.3 uh, because there seems to be some bugs. But I'm seemingly OK with it so far. It's, it's all right for me. But there are so many other issues that people seem to be having. So, yeah, if you're still on 12.4 and you're hesitant to upgrade, yeah, just wait a little bit. Uh, it sounds to me like 13.2 actually should come out before November 1st because that should have the full update for Apple TV Plus uh, for the launch on November 1st. So I'm going to guess that uh, within the next several days or, or within the week or less, uh, we should see 13.2. And at that time, yeah, take a look at uh, the Internet see what people are talking about on social media I, it might be okay to update at that point at 13.2 yeah i know exactly what you mean about the problems i've had a few uh one uh, is the focus issue uh which is just ridiculous uh, you know it's a clown in a minefield again um especially an iMessage yes yeah, all over the place and, and i mean okay so you go into some apps and the focus is bouncing around all over the place you go into iMessage um 
even other messages as well. I think mail does it as well now, where you go in and it will drop you into the middle or somewhere, perhaps, but not certainly at the end of the conversation list. So you have to scroll down to get back to where you were uh, and, you know, sort of get to the final. I mean, I got a message the other day and I, you know, I double tapped on the name. It brought up the, the list of messages and I thought I'd missed a message. I was saying, oh, can't wait to meet you tomorrow. And I'm thinking, what? Tomorrow? <laughs> and then I realized that was the message that was sent about a week ago um, because I had, you know, it dropped me at, at that point. So, yeah, that's a bit annoying. And there's, there's a few other bugs kicking around as well. Uh, they are fixing them slowly. And, of course, 13.2 will probably rectify a lot of that. But, yeah, maybe it is worth just holding off just now. But certainly in terms of performance, you shouldn't notice too much of a difference. Maybe with the SE... Not so much with the 6S, and I'm thinking more about same. battery life. They've there. got the same. Well, index. it's not. It's the same, and it's not the same. That's the problem. It's the same. It's not the same battery for sure. Uh, so that's maybe where the issues are coming from there. Uh, as for tower PCs, personally, I'm just going to throw two names at you: Dell and Lenovo. Anything by those two, you're going to be fine. Uh, third option, Mac Mini. Just saying. Um, but, you know. Oh, boy. No, anything Intel i5 or i7, depending on how much you need to do. An i5 is generally... i5 is fine. Yes, exactly. i5 will be fine. Um, I would say at least 8 gigs of RAM. 8 gigs is probably absolutely fine. You could probably get... It's more than enough for most screen readers. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah, don't don't go for Celeron processors. Pentium, avoid all that. No, definitely an Intel i5 or 7, even an i3 at a pinch if you're just doing browsing, and a SSD hard drive. Um, I would say 250 gig at least, uh, one terabyte if you can afford it. But if you look for those items specifically, um, you should be fine. It actually doesn't really matter too much about the branding other than how much support or you know customer services you need afterwards. But it's those three things that really make up the, the performance of a computer. Dell support is very good. I will say that. I think Dell are very good for support. They give you at-home support options as well. So if you can't get out to, you know, you don't want to take your, uh, you know, tower PC and on a bus off to the shop every five minutes. So, you know, they'll come to you, which is quite nice. And I've, I've used that service a few times myself. So, yeah, that, that can be quite good. Um, okay, well, look, we are out of time, folks, but we're not going to get to uh, talking about the Orbit Reader, unfortunately. We'll get to that next week. And I'm going to talk a bit about more about Braille next week, actually, on the show, because uh, that's something I am back into, back at my Braille class. Oh, changeable. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just always changing with me. So, yeah, I'm going to get into that because we're now at the point where I'm starting to learn how to use my uh, Braille display uh, uh, along with the iPad, actually. So we're going to talk mm -hmm. a bit about that and lots more on the show next week. Do uh, stick around. Lots to come. And, of course, uh, don't forget Double Tap TV, which you can listen to and watch on AMI-TV uh, on Tuesday evenings at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And you can also check out all of our shows so far, including the radio show, all our latest blogs and comments as well, on Double Tap Dot online. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for being with us. Tim from Life After Blindness, thank you, sir. Thank you, Mr. Scott. And Sean Priest, as always, for whatever it is you do, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Bye. Don't forget to tune in to Double Tap TV every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. For more technology talk with Mark Aflalo and Stephen Scott. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. 
I'm Marjorie Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hadjar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.